Hello, it's Father David Nix on the Padre Peregrino podcast. I'm happy to be joined by my old friend, Steve Cunningham. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm well, Padre. How are you doing? Doing well. So Steve Cunningham, as most of you know, is the president and executive producer of Census Fidelium. That is the uh, online YouTube channel with a couple hundred thousand subscribers, um, numerous millions of views, and it's mostly priests preaching traditional sermons. How did you come up with that? Uh, what was it, five, ten years ago, Steve? How did you come up with the idea for a traditional YouTube channel of Catholic doctrine? I didn't think it'd grow into something what it is, but uh, it started with the uh, uh, movie Greater Glory. wanted to help promote the movie, and I knew Father had a sermon on that, and I've never done anything on YouTube besides watch it. At that time, it was about, what, eight years ago, nine years ago? It was 2012-ish. And uh took me about uh, five hours, I think it was, to figure out how to do it. And I'm still using that same program, believe it or not. It's uh, Windows <laughs> which, which, Movie Maker. It's the free Windows version. Maker. Yeah, I use people, all free I, stuff, I, too. People's homes are like, what do you do? You using Adobe this or this or this? What are you doing? I'm going, uh, 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 Windows Movie Maker? <laughs> Yeah, I use all free stuff for my stuff. I use GarageBand for my podcast, and I use iMovie for my videos. Real basic stuff. It's all free free software on the Mac. Uh, I'll do free. <laughs> so do you still have that Greater Glory uh, video up somewhere in the No, not the original one, but I, I cleaned it up because uh, I literally thought that time you were supposed to put a one photo for every five seconds. I didn't know you could expand it or things like that. So it took me forever. It was a 30-minute video. So imagine every five seconds. That was me, Dick. Dick. Ken, Ken <laughs> so, Burns effect. Yeah, and then you know they have using photos with very low resolution, so it was blurry and yeah, I said I didn't know what I was doing. So a couple, now that one is up there, but it's higher quality, I guess you could say. Should re-release that, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now with the things going on, yeah, that's. Uh, I just told a friend of mine, I said, if you're if you have more calluses on your fingers from tweeting. Then uh, on your knees, you pray. May I almost went into you might be a redneck. You might be in a different. You, you might need to have a little come to Jesus moment. <laughs> like that. So you know, a lot of my listeners have heard me say we are in the middle of a communist coup right now. Some people think that's too extreme. Well, Steve is more extreme than me. He thinks we've had communism in this country for a long time. So whether you agree with Steve or me, or you think that we really don't have any communism influence in this country. What we want to do today is just give you the 10 planks of communism according to Karl Marx himself to look out for. So again, you can agree with me or Steve or just yourself, but we do want to give you the 10 planks of communism according to Karl Marx, and then you can judge for yourself if that has made it to North America quite yet. You want to jump into those 10 right now, Steve? Sure, and uh, full disclosure, everybody, I think it started around 18, 1860s, but here's the communist Let's start in the 1860s then. Yeah, because I'm going to go with Lincoln. Lincoln, was, for it. Lincoln was not a, uh, the hero everyone thought of. I mean, uh, example one, Karl Marx loved the guy. Uh, two, he taxed the wealth creators. Uh, I think it was between people working between 600 and 10,000 a year had to pay 3%. So he had a progressive taxation back then. The death exploded. Uh, I think he, uh, when James Buchanan was in there, uh, the debt was about 65 million. When Lincoln got there, it reached 2.7 billion, 4,000 percent increase. Uh, led to federal takeover of currency and bacon. He forced people to work for the federal government. He forced people to fight in the war. So if you were Irish, 
you had to fight conscription for the North, the Union, to get to become a citizen. Oh, by the way, he jailed people who went against them in the media. Kind of like censorship. Anybody heard of that going on right now? Uh, and full, full, full disclosure here, I mean, I'm, uh, Steve is a Confederate. I'm a Northern guy. I'm definitely in favor of, I mean, I'm, we're both against slavery, of course, but I see, I see that Lincoln ended it himself. Uh, and so I'm kind of more of a Northern boy on the whole thing. Again, we're both against slavery. Um, I'm pro-Lincoln. He's mildly against Lincoln. But I did hear some disturbing news a couple of weeks ago. I heard he had, a, he had seances in the White House. I would be shocked. I mean, he wanted to kick the black people off the continent. He said the races could not live together. If anybody read Alexis the talk to, he speaks mm -hmm. of in democracy of America, how in the South, people lived, all the races lived in harmony. They shopped together. They ate together. They did this together. They lived together. Hence why when you, if you ever think about uh, the Emancipation Proclamation, everyone's like, oh, that freed everyone. In reality, it didn't free anybody. But if you think about it, all the men were where? On the battlefield. First off, if you ever read the book, uh, Politically Incorrect Guide to the South and Politically Incorrect Guide to the Civil War, it goes in the uh, percentages. Not everyone had the money to own one slave, much less many. And so how many people you know go like go thousands of men just go into war to fight for something that they don't have? I mean, they're fighting yep. for basically, they're getting invaded and getting tyranny thrown onto them. That's why Virginia even jumped in because people, they were wanting to go through Virginia and they were like, eh, eh, nope, you're not doing that to those guys. We're not cool with that. And they, and they, anyway, the talk bill talks about going up to the North. And he said, that's where all the segregation was. And if you think about when they went with the, uh, why they were having a big issue out West, it wasn't because they didn't want slavery. They were big time racists in the North and the South. They didn't want black people in their area. We, on the other hand, we all live together. I mean, even now, you people get all the South is racist. Man, I, that's all I put. We, we all live We all live in the same neighborhoods. It wasn't, you go up north, it's still segregated. White area, black area, up north. Here, we all live together and mesh together. It's everyone else trying to make the South look like a bunch of hick, hasty rednecks that hate each other. No, none of, none of that's down here in reality. But again, with Lincoln, he, he was our first tyrant. He even had property, he even expert, ex, expiated private property and redistribution. Let me jump in real quick before we get there. I do want to say something. So I've lived in Boston, Jacksonville, Florida, Gibson, Louisiana, Troy, Alabama. So I've lived in the West, I've lived in the North, and I've lived in the South. And I do agree with you. It's very interesting. If you go to somewhere like Boston, race relations are very, very separated up there. Races are very, very separated where... You know, I think of the, uh, there's a family I stay with in New Orleans that lives on Esplanade near the, um, they live near the horse track. And it's very interesting because even though race relations aren't perfect in New Orleans by any means, um, everybody lives in everybody's face, white, black, Hispanic, everyone is in each other's face in every neighborhood down in the South. So I do agree, everyone, um, even though it's not uh, perfect by any means, people all do live together where Boston I remember just seeing how tremendously divided the racial lines are in the in the north especially cities like Boston so um, I agree but hey let's why don't you integrate those um, your thoughts on uh, Lincoln into the 10 why don't you jump into the 10 points of yeah. communism here that you believe have come to the United States <clears throat> yes and also about just a little sidetrack uh, the 19, 1928 Socialist Party platform they ran for presidency in the 1928 election 
they quit running. Why did they quit running? Because the Democrat and the uh, Republicans were doing what they were wanting. And if you want to ever type, just type in 1928 Socialist Party platform, you'll see that. But let's, uh, the Communist plan, uh, Manifesto. Number one, abolition. Oh, real, quick, real quick before we start, um, Steve and I are going to use code words for everything in the COVIDocracy that we've seen get started. Jab, uh, you know, mRNA, genome rearranger, um, whatever terms we uh, we need to use to not get me deplatformed. Uh, probably that, that probably that single word's gonna <laughs> get me in trouble. But uh, you, you guys may have to pause and Google what we mean by certain code words because uh, Steve might take us into the COVID actually a little. But again, he takes. I think this all started a year and a half ago. He thinks it started in 1860. So either way. Let's listen for the 10 things to look out for. And why is this important to Catholics? Everybody knows Our Lady of Fatima warned against communism. So we kind of should, if Mary warned, this is probably the first apparition in all of history where there was a political warning from the, the Blessed Mother of God, from the Immaculate Virgin Mary, we may want to know what communism is. You know, communism isn't just concrete buildings and olive hats, as I always say. It really is a matter of replacing God-directing man with man-directing man. And so who better look to than Karl Marx? Let's take a look at the top 10 or his own 10 planks of communism. I'll go, I'll give you a, a shot for next time. After this, this is kind of like an intro. You had to get Paul Kangor on. He is incredible on this topic. Uh, he teaches Marxist communism in at his, uh, where he teaches at somewhere up north. And he's written about three or four books on communism. It's fantastic stuff. Anyway. All right, number one, abolition of private property and land and application of all rents of land to public purpose. And here's a little section on there I'm reading from uh, laissez-faire uh, republic.com, 10 planks. The courts have interpreted the 14th Amendment U.S. Constitution, 1868. We also call that the Miracle Amendment, by the way, to give the government far more eminent domain. Have you heard that phrase before, eminent domain? No. Padre? No. When, uh, when they can basically come in and say, well, we want uh, a shopping mall, or we want the road to go through. We're gonna use eminent domain and basically take your land from you. Oh, sure. Okay, I did see, let me interject real quick. I did see a hour long documentary on Venezuela about two, three months ago, and maybe it was last year, but what I noticed is under the regime of both uh, Madeiras and Chavez, they ended up commandeering farm, not just like, not just like the apartments in Caracas, they ended up commandeering farmland for the sake of, you know, whatever, the greater good of the people. Um, and of course, now Venezuela is in a situation where literally, this is not an exaggeration, literally in Venezuela, which was the richest country in South America in the 1970s, toilet paper is worth more than cash right now. Not kidding. Toilet paper is worth more than cash. And it's about a, uh, what is it? A, a day's wages, I think you get you five bananas or is it a month's wages? It's absolutely outrageous. And this is why they're eating, you know, zoo animals and animals in the street right now. This is the fallout from socialism. So we have to keep in mind, this isn't just you and me, you know, cutting our teeth on what we feel like talking about. If we don't stop this, the United States will become the next Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're see, you see some cities like they going, what is that? Yeah. No, that's Detroit. Uh, yeah, well, you've been gone from Denver for a while. I just came back from praying at the abortion center, and I have to walk. And I walk around the abortion center in East Denver. I have to walk around numerous tents, RVs. I mean, it looks like San Francisco in East Denver right now. I remember when I did was driving Uber there in the Super Bowl weekend, 
and they were basically kicking all the tents out downtown because they wanted ESPN to see a pretty city. <laughs> we're driving by, I had, some, I had some suits in the back seat, and somebody's tent was on fire because they were trying to grill in their tent. Uh, yeah, there, there's parks. Oh, no. the park, the, the, that park across City Hall is basically a tent city. Okay. Uh, yeah, all these big cities. Get out of the city. But anyways, uh, you ever heard BLM? Not black, not that group. Bureau of Land Management. They've been around for mm. years. If uh, you type in the BLM at Bureau of Land Management, there was a big thing a couple of years ago out west. I want to say it was Nevada. And uh, they were basically shooting at each other. They, people were defending their property. They were trying to take it away from them. Uh, but uh, and this, you know, seizure of Let's see, lands, vehicles, other forms, any every day has happened. Wait, and guess what? Wait till they start putting out these electric cars and forcing those down. You're gonna see your car getting seized from you probably because of that. They're already, they've already talked about that in the WEF. Uh, number two, uh, heavy progressive and graduate income tax. The 16th Amendment of the US Constitution is number two. On the Communist Manifesto, boys and girls. That was in 1913. Uh, you see how it is. That's not going to go anywhere. They just take your money out of your paycheck just because they can. That was a That's an amendment in the U.S. Constitution. Number two on the Communist Manifesto. Uh, number three, abolition of all rights of inheritance. Uh, another, they say another Marxian attack on private property rights is the form of federal and state estate tax and other inheritance taxes. I think, remember Obama was going after the death tax, uh, which had abolished at least greatly diluted the right of private property owners to determine the disp disposition of distri and distribution of their estates upon their death. Instead, government bureaucrats got their greedy hands involved. You see that literally <laughs> every day, especially with Biden, uh, especially with Obama, but you know, Biden's putting that in as well. Uh, confiscation of property for all immigrants and rebels. <laughs> you see, you see that happening anytime. You got the Department of Urban Development, uh, the 1997 Crime and Terrorist Bill, IRS confiscation of property without due process, Executive Order 11490, uh, Sections 1205 to uh, 2002. Uh, let's, talk, Steve, let's talk. I mean. Let's talk about who a rebel is under COVID. Us. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, so, so it's such an interesting definition that rebels don't have rights, and anyone who endangers somebody's health right now is deemed a rebel. Yeah, they actually have been saying that. Uh, put it up on Clown Flat last week where uh, if you don't, if you're the, the non-compliance of the uh, serum that they want to put inside you, uh, huh? You're the blame. You are the right. And I, I, I am convinced that what happened Friday with the Holy Father has is directly part of this because he's having a he's having a thing out in uh, something was it Europe, Slovakia, maybe Slovakia, that uh, just like uh, some of the news you hear, it's only the jabbers are allowed in to that mass. Oh, really? Is that right? So I, I, like I said, I have to, there's no coincidence is at it all. A no, is it a Nova Sordo mask? Probably. <laughs> of course um, it is. I mean, so that's uh, funny that only, only those who've got the serum can come into the Nova Sordo, and we know very few with the serum go to the Latin mass. So that's, 
boy, talk about self-selective. That's the term See, people always use against traditionalists. Uh, yeah, because he's, you know, he's close to the WEF. He's part of the reset and all this. And he's like, this was Schwab. I'm convinced. Like, who was the only group that was the Schwab rebels? Or Sachs. I, I know Jeffrey Sachs is very welcome in the Vatican. You saying Schwab also? Klaus well, Schwab? Turkson and them have been praying. They've been doing the opening prayer. Adavo since Francis Pontificus started. They've been right there. The from Turkson the has been uh, helping those guys? Colonel Turkson, oh, the interpreter for the prayer, opening prayer at every For Davos. For Davos, yes. For Davos? Oh, He's there. He's literally funny. there every year. I'm, I'm tempted to say it's funny because uh, I think I texted you this uh, a few months ago, and I got this from Eliza Schaefer. So everybody knows out there what red and blue pill is. So blue pill is when you just pay attention to the mainstream media because it's easy, you want comfort. Red pill is when you realize just how corrupt things are in state, church, and media. Um, and then we don't really want to bring people to black pill. Black pill is when you realize everything is so corrupt, you can't make any difference, and you get kind of paralyzed in it all. And then I learned two new ones from Eliza Schaefer. Uh, there is white pill, which is when you bring hope to people. And then clown pill is when you just laugh at the situation. And I maybe I think that's why I texted you, because you have a show called Clown Planet. But so those are the five that, that I think I'm going to refer to on future podcasts. Red, red pill, blue pill, black pill white pill and clown pill. I try not to do too many black pills, but uh, yeah. if you're not Catholic, yes, it's black pill. If you are Catholic, you should see the clown pill with the white pill, because yet there is yeah. That's right, but we but, have to laugh at it. Fatima, well, and got, I, was black, I was black pill and hardcore last year, and I'm trying to bring more hope these these days, but I think part of bringing hope is just being able to laugh at how ridiculous some people on the left oh, yeah, are yeah, right you now. always got the virtue of hope. Don't lose the virtue of hope. People ask, Steve, you, why do you, how do you laugh during these, when I do Clown Flat News? You hear me giggling and right. laughing because, one, you either laugh or you cry. But I honestly do think if the church would get, if we had leaders to lead, we'd, we'd win in this thing. But unfortunately, right now, they are, we are part of the problem. Um, mm. But I, like I said, I'm convinced that what happened Friday was his going after the rebels who won't comply. And who were the only rebels in the entire church? us we weren't complying we're having masses we're go numbers are going up we're saying no thanks to all the holy sanitizer and the uh, uh new vestments and all the nonsense else going on especially the serum and well those guys had to just get in line and I, there's i think there's it i'm you someone's got to tell me that is not the case I, everything's connected macron last week with the with the uh, passports uh today I, ireland today uh, there's no coincidence. That was that was part of all that whole thing. But anyways, and you know, you and I were talking about about 20 minutes ago. We were talking about segregation. It is pretty interesting that now you have parishes that have the segregation for those who received the serum and those who have not. Yes. Yeah. You're on that side. You're on that. You're in the back. You're in the front. Oh, we're just having serum only masses, or <laughs> you're only allowed to be in here if you're getting. It's again clown plan. On planet. Uh, okay, number five, centralization of credit. Read us that one. Centralization of credit in the hands of the state by means of national bank and state capital and exclusive monopoly. Ever, anybody ever heard of the Fed? Like the great Ray, uh, Dr. Ron Paul in the Fed. The Mordor, the monster that was at the uh, Leviathan that was created out of Georgia. Uh, the, uh, see, the Federal Reserve System created the Federal Reserve Act of Congress in 1913. That's a uh, no, that's a couple years before 19. So I was going, wait, so that's a good year. Uh, 
is indeed the National Bank. And that was what, the third in the union? Because Alexander Hamilton tried to get a bank through and he got shot down for exactly these reasons. And then Jackson, I think, ended the next National Bank, Andrew Jackson. Don't worry, he wasn't a good guy either. Uh, There's a great book Brian McClanahan has called Nine Presidents Screwed Up America and Six Tried to Save It. Unfortunately, I don't like the uh, most, I don't like most of the six, but uh, probably 1796 or seven, John Taylor Carrollton wrote a book called Tyranny Unmasked. Tyranny Unmasked, 1790s. Said basically wow. the uh, experiment was over and it was like within a decade. <laughs> Just for anybody joining us, we're talking today about the 10 planks of the Communist Manifesto. These are Karl Marx's 10 planks to seek power and destroy freedom. And we're with Steve Cunningham at Census Fidel, and he's trying to convince us that we can do a checklist for all 10 here in the United States long before the COVIDocracy. Back yeah. to you, Steve. But here's the ending of that, the little uh, uh, write up, the laissez faire Republican. Okay. And now we're, not, we're not backing up laissez faire. This is just the name of the website that's, that has a good little explanation on things. Uh, he goes, This is what Marx had exactly in mind and completely fulfills this plank. Another major social objective. Yet most Americans naively believe that you, these United States of America, remember, these United, not the United, these United States is part. For, of a mar from, is far from a Marxist or socialist nation. I get furious when I hear people say, oh, we can't have social, we don't want socialized medicine. You've had socialized medicine for 50 or 60 years with Medicaid and Medicaid. <laughs> right. Don't give me this, we don't want socialized medicine. Social security, <laughs> come on. Uh, number six, centralization of the means of communication and transportation in the hands of the state. Do I need to say the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, which established Communications Act in 1934, and the Department of Transportation and Interstate Commerce Commission established in 1870-1887, and the Federal Aviation Administration, as well as the Executive Orders 11-490-10999, not to mention various state bureaucracies and, and uh, regulations, Amtrak, <laughs> we, uh, for anybody that says... Yeah, and just, you know, just in um, full transparency, I'm a big fan of Trump. Steve was not a big fan of Trump, but even you, Steve, would have to admit what CNN and MSNBC did last year as far as the commandeering of the entire election. You would even have to admit, as a man who does not like Trump as much as I did, even you would have to admit that went far beyond. I mean, in other words, if there was ever proof of a communist takeover of the media, it would have been 2020. Am I right? That should have been so easy to see uh but if it wasn't easy to see i got some beachfront property of mars to sell for you i guess i don't know it's, it's kind of like a, it became that's right it became e easier to see right yeah yeah it's sure yeah it, but and then someone's like hey well we'll just vote about it 2024 wait 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 i know are you saying <laughs> that you think that since every major election since the beginning of the founding of this union has been corrupted, and that's a fact. You can look up in the, in the even 1700s, 1800s, it's all been like that. Are you saying the one true legit election was 2016? <laughs> one out of how many? Just, woo, we actually, that's my thinking. I'm going, there was a reason why he got in. I personally think he got in because that silenced the opposition of the anger from the Obama administration. It was just one of those toys 
to you got hey, Operation Warp Speed. See, and that, that's where I'm going to disagree because when I look at what happened in 2016, and, and I'm by no means, I'm by no means comparing Trump to Jesus Christ in this next line. I can already see people like taking out this little segment, but the the hatred that there is for Trump is commensurate to their hatred of Christ. Not the same, but it's commensurate to the amount of hatred people have for Christ and traditional Christianity all came out against Trump. And so it was actually the enemies of Christ that taught me this man must have been sent by God precisely because of the reaction. That's where Steve, I can't get on board to say um, that this was like controlled opposition or something like that. No, but this is, you and I could talk about 2016 election another time. We're going to agree on no. most things, but that's too long of a topic. Yeah, no problem. Uh, number seven, extension of factories and instruments of production owned by the state. The bringing into cultivation of wastelands, improvement of soil, generally in accordance with common plan. And so while the U.S. doesn't have a vast collective farms, which failed some as being the Soviet Union, we nevertheless do have a significant degree of government involvement in agriculture in the form of price support subsidies, which they get a ton of. Uh, the local mom and pop ones don't. And acres allotments of land use controls. The Desert Entry Act and Department of Agriculture, as well as Department of Commerce and Labor, Department of Interior, the Environmental Protection uh, Agency, Bureau of Land Movement, BLM, Bureau of Reclamation, the Bureau of Mines, National Park Service, and the IRS control the business through corporate regulations. And what do you see going on now with William G. William B. Gates uh, owning most of the land? Uh, the England, well, I know we're not talking about England right now, but England has a manufactured food crisis going on outside of London. And you hear mm -hmm. here about food and food crisis, especially in the heartland. And there's a reason why people are starting to maybe, you know what, I'll start getting a little two month supply. Thailand is thinking about going into a closure where they say, quote, Wuhan style, where they'll deliver you food and water. And uh, I don't know if anybody remember Katrina, but what did you, you were not supposed to, what happened? The bad idea was to run towards wherever FEMA told you to go. Those who ran away from FEMA went out okay. Those that went into the Superdome, it got ugly. It got ugly, right, right. And I'm glad you're bringing in these other countries because this is what's also unprecedented, everyone's favorite word these days. This is what also is unprecedented in all of this is we have never seen communism tackle every single continent. You know, there, we've, we've seen it slowly creep in, but what happened in 2019, 2020, and 2021 is global communism, health communism. We've never seen this anywhere in the history of the world. Yeah, it, it, it uh, was basically like uh, unmasked. It was like, yeah, we're, we're, unmasked, yeah. we're here, and you're not going to stop this. I mean, literally, That's I had people. a tell me, uh, give me some crap about, aren't you, isn't what you're doing speculation? I go, it's in their foot. What would you do as far as some pushback on like number seven? Number seven, I go, is the extension of factories and instruments of production. There's probably some listeners saying, okay, like this sounds like eisegesis. It sounds like a stretch. Any country that has 330 million people is going to have to have big government, or at least you can't, I mean, I heard Michael Knowles say the other day, at, at 330 million people, you may not be able to have small government, uh, but you can have limited government. Um, so I understand the difference between small government, big government, and, li and limited government just a little bit. Um, but what would you say to listeners who are, who are hearing your complaints on these big government organizations saying, well, you can't really line those up with the Communist Manifesto because we just need big organizations in a big country? 
that's why I like the book, uh, Rethinking the American Union for the 21st Century, uh, Balkanization. Again, mm -hmm. think locally, act locally. Uh, so like the uh, in Louisiana, for example, they made uh, St. Joseph the Worker a federal uh, feast uh, state holiday. Right. That in D.C. One, sure. you got uh, think about representation. All right, they got capped. When was it? In the early 1900s, uh, or was it 1940s? They capped uh, House of Representatives. <laughs> House of Representatives. If anybody seen the idiocracy. Uh, yeah. Now there's one person represented to about 900,000 citizens. Uh, what you celebrate on 4th of July, people used to say no taxation without representation. If you think you're representative, you're, you're representative by 900,000, to 900,000, again, that beachfront property thing back there, I got a deal, 20% off. Uh, I'm one and don't watch, don't, don't watch Idiocracy. There's uh, immodesty and, and objectionable scenes, but we, <laughs> for anyone who's already seen it, we truly are there. Oh, yeah. We, it's, truly, we are truly at that movie at this point. Don't go watch it, but if you've already seen it, you know we are there. I think Mike Judge actually came, Judge actually came out saying, I did not mean to make a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, keep going, Steve. Keep going on these. But yes, I'm a think locally, act locally. Destroy DC. Yeah, you're a hippie. I knew you were a hippie. Think locally, act locally. Steve's a hippie. You have more control. You could actually, with the, with the local school boards, you can fix this like uh, critical race theory, like that. You just get involved in your school district. You Wait, what's the solution? Huh? What's the solution? You got you're you're talking too fast as a southerner. Slowing it down for all my northern listeners. If you if you get into your school board, local school board, you can fix critical race theory. End it. That's mm. the power you have in the state. But no one thinks that. They see Fox and CNN yeah. say, "I got to go to D.C." When right. They and do what Louisiana did. They got Catholics and other non-Catholics in there. And they put St. Joseph the worker feast day on. Yeah. Cool. You can do that and change your state and then you have protection. Awesome. Uh, I like that. Number eight, equal obligation to all of all to work, establishment of industrial armies, especially for agriculture. <laughs> we call it the social. This confuses me. I've never heard of an agricultural army. What is this about? Well, as it back in uh, his days, it was mostly agriculture business. So I guess that was the big uh, revolution was that at the time instead of what you see today, if that makes sense. Uh, since you have labor then was agriculture and not industry as in machinery because the Industrial Revolution wasn't there yet. Uh, as, they, as they call it, we call it the Social Security Administration and the Department of Labor. The national debt and inflation caused by the communal bank has caused the need for two income families two mm -hmm. women in the workplace and again this is not a catholic website i'm looking at this women in the workplace okay. in the 1920s the 19th amendment of u.s constitution the civil rights act of 1964 which can't say you got it you against that because everyone calls you a racist for that you can't say against 19th the 19th either assorted socialist unions affirmative action the federal public works program and of course executive order 11,000, and as they say, I almost forgot. The Equal Rights Amendment means that women should do all work that men do, including the military, and since passage, it would be make women subject to the draft. And what do you see now? You got women as advertisement, as the front lines in Army, Navy, Marines, whatever. 
their favorite, they're the favorite ones on TV shows. They're Black Widow. Yeah, you know, you got this little 128, 120 year, uh, 120 pound lady that's kicking people through walls. Grown men. Anybody with two working brain cells knows that's fiction. Hey, I uh, got to catch a flight to go see our mutual friend uh, Mike here. So uh, finish us up with nine and ten. Oh, my fault. Uh, combination no, number nine, combination of agriculture with manufacturing industries, gradual abolition of the distinction between town and country by a more equitable distribution of the population over the country. Uh, the Planning Reorganization Act, Reorganization Act of 1949 can be thought of that. Number what year was that again, Steve? What, what year was that? 1949. Okay. Uh, number 10 is one of my favorites for conservatives. Free education for all children in government schools. Abolition of children's factory, uh, factory labor is present form. Combination of education with industrial production, et cetera, et cetera. Hey, we got the Department of Diseducation, the NEA outcome-based education, and they didn't put in uh, no child gets an education. Formerly known as no child left behind. Uh, but if you never for, I mean, and just for people, everybody out there knows that if you look at the translations from whatever he wrote it in the German or the Russian, public school, government school means the same thing. But 10 is a big one because I don't even think I woke up uh, for a, maybe maybe a few years ago. I woke up to really see that these government schools or public schools was a new thing. It's, it's part of communism. I had always thought it was like, OK, you either go to Catholic school or public school and maybe it's better. It means better to go to Catholic school, but it's, it's a good thing we have. The government teaching kids you know for free what what do you what's your thoughts on that well you got to have the state raise your kids can't let a you know <laughs> <laughs> uh what was what's the land that uh clinton famously said uh, you have to take the village to raise a child uh -huh. but yeah. that's why you don't want the homeschoolers because if you're homeschooled you can't have the state indoctrinate your kids from the moment they're four or five to when they graduate yep. college and people wonder why do my kids hate everything i stood for well, you let them get rent taught by the state, which, That's by right. the way, you know, Jefferson started his version of public schools to combat Catholic schools. Is that right? Jefferson did. So we're, uh, we're never been hated or liked on in this uh, continent for a while. We got it. Well, it's the whole idea of Bishop uh, uh, Dagger John. Our mission is to convert the president, the Congress, the military, everyone in the land. And we've done a terrible job of doing that. And, you know, you and I should do a part two on the difference between Bishop Dagger John and Bishop Carroll, because we already saw, even before Leo XIII wrote Americanism, this really strong desire by Bishop Carroll over, what, 200 years ago to fit in. Um, there were already clergy over 100 years before Vatican II in this country, in the United States, who wanted to fit in with Protestantism. What was your quote from Bishop Carroll? Because he was good friends with which of the founding fathers? Franklin. Tell, yeah, what, was, what did Franklin say about Bishop Carroll? Of, I think was the Archbishop of Baltimore. Yeah, well, the story. What did ben was, Franklin say about him? Well, the story was Franklin and Carroll walked from Baltimore to uh, Quebec to try to get the uh, Quebec people to fight on their side for the war coming up. Because they were Catholics. Quebec excommunicated them and told anybody that you have any communication, talk to those guys. You will be excommunicated. I think Car I think Carroll's excommunication was lifted about 15 years ago now. Uh, so but didn't you tell me Ben Franklin said he liked Carol because he never tried to convert him? So yeah, the whole trip to and back. Now they didn't have Uber. They did, they had what either walking or horseback. So right. it's a long time together. Do the math in miles. and miles. Franklin recommended him to be the first bishop because quote he never talked to me about religion. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
welcome to American Catholicism here with problems long before our big problems. Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Pray for my safe travels and um, maybe we'll do uh, part two on Americanism. Sounds good, Padre. <laughs>